Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You know, first day of summer, longest day of the year, most sunlight you get all year long, take advantage of it. Now the days start getting shorter and darker and more depressing. I call it National Pessimism Day. I actually look forward to December 21st when I know the days are going to start getting longer, and I dread this day. It's a very, very small problem. I, but, get, uh, I get the whole equinox solstice stuff and why the calendars are the way they are. In a most respectful equinox uh, to our Druid listeners. But this isn't the first day of summer for, for anybody in their real life. I mean, if you got kids or anything, you're on the schedule. The summer is the day they get out of school until the day school starts again. Sure. And then without kids, it's probably Memorial Day, Labor Day, roughly. But it's it's not starting now. Oh, good. Finally, some shorts and a tank top. <laughs> I right. can go swimming. Right. I don't know what the point of that is. Yes. Um, God finds it, uh, well, he doesn't bother withholding the heat until June 21st in some right. places uh, as well. Uh, the big story overnight is we did not attack Iran. Uh, planes were in the air. Missiles were uh, ready to, they had the targets. Everything was locked and loaded, ready to go. I mean, it was going. And then at the very last minute, 10 minutes before missiles were going to hit, the president changed his mind. 
He says he decided too many people would die. It was not proportional. The plan they decided on, he decided to wait. As now, he tweeted, essentially, we can do that uh, later if we want. I'll be interested to check in on some uh, pundits that I like that I'm pretty sure would be screaming if Obama did the exactly the same thing, that it was cowardice and weak, and I don't know if they will be in this case or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I do think it was a mistake that Obama didn't hit Syria and let him know you don't get to use chemical weapons. Right. You don't get to do that. That was that wasn't they weren't going to attack us and we end up in a war with Syria. Well, and particularly having said specifically what would happen if you know, you got to carry it out, carry it out as I said many times at the time, Obama did nothing and he did it poorly. Um and and Syria's a mess obviously, but I don't want to relitigate that. Whether one, or not but... we should have hit Iran last night, I don't know. You can always do it today. Yeah, I I have this very strong feeling that in the history of the region, this little delay is either going to be absolutely nothing, meaningless, nobody will ever speak of it again, or if things go the right way, it'll be hailed as a a great moment of restraint, Well, um, our, but only time will tell. Our main analyst that we have on Mike Lyons, he was for hitting the site that sent the missile that brought down our drone. And he is always hesitant to get into anything. Very measured. And he yeah. thought we should uh, at least do that. Take out the spot that sent the missile. Yeah. I could justify it if the message was sent good and loud. Next time, proportional ain't even going to be on my mind. Next time you pull something like this, we're going to go crazy. Now, if that message was sent, then restraint is admirable. If if it wasn't, then it's odd. Unless unless uh, Trump went back to his people and said, listen, by noon today, I want to wreck something. I want to wreck something big, but I don't want to kill a bunch of people. That'd be, that'd be I, I, I would think they'd already have had those options on the table. So according to Trump's tweet, he asked how many people are going to die. General tells him 150 people, and he decides not to do it. That would be a heck of a thing. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. I understand the way the world works and that, you know, these things have to happen, and it's... But the I, just dealing with my my decision, I'm the only one right here. I get to decide. Either we don't do it and continue to negotiate, and those 150 people continue to have, uh, uh, I assume it's all men, Taran, they, they go home to their wives and kids and live their lives. If I decide to go through with this, which might not be necessary, they're dead forever, and the, mm-hmm. and the wives have no husband and the kids have no dad. I mean, that's a heck of a, it's a, heck of a decision to make. Sure is. Meanwhile, you're thinking and being advised by various people that, uh, if you spare those 150 people, 10,000 will die in the conflict to come with an emboldened Iran thinking they can blah, blah, blah. And you got another guy in your ear saying, that's absolutely not true, sir. Or you have to be a nationalist enough to think, I kill those 150 people so we don't get any Americans killed. Right. That there's a difference between people. You go to look at it that way. I don't know. Uh, so we'll have more on that throughout the morning as uh, we get more news on it. Researchers lost on purpose 17,000 wallets in cities around the world to see what people would do with them, whether they'd return them or not. This oh, is the I biggest, get it. Okay. biggest study that's ever been done like this. So they kind of fake lost the stuff. I get it. And this is how they did it. It's pretty thorough. The study, published in the journal Science yesterday, was a meticulous social experiment that took three years wow. and a half a million dollars to complete. Wow, three years? This, is, a, this is not just, you know... A, col- a college kid for his uh his, his paper. Or an eight-year-old, famously, on the soda straw thing. Oh, right. Was eight, he eight or nine? Nine, I think. But Hallmark is my accuracy. Hmm. 
A group of 13 research assistants were recruited for a trip around the world. They traveled to 355 major cities across 40 countries. That's quite a cross-section. Wow. And each city, they visited banks, theaters, hotels, police stations, and other public spaces and turned in a lost wallet, which they claimed to have found on the street, and they turned it into a nearby employee. Um, the wallets were all see-through. Is that a thing now? I don't know. I haven't carried a wallet since I was in junior high. Like a plastic wallet? Uh, the wallets were all see-through and contained a grocery list written in the country's language, a key, and business cards with a mail name and email address where the finder could presumably reach the owner. Some of the wallets also contained a modest cash sum, an amount roughly equal to $13.45 in the country's currency. I don't know how they decided on that. In three countries specifically, the United Kingdom, Poland, and the United States, the big three, uh, some of the wallets had a larger cash bounty of about $100. Ooh. Now we're talking. Or had $13.45, but no key. Oh, see, I didn't even think about the key because I'm not a criminal. But I guess if you're a criminal, you'd think, I've got this address, the guy's name, and a key oh, right. that might open his house or start his car yeah, or I whatever. Yeah, I over that myself. I didn't yeah. even think of that as a... As somebody who would, it would, would without, even, without even hesitating for a millisecond, I would be thinking, how do I get this back to the person it belongs to? It's just not even in my DNA. Oh, to me too. After, otherwise. you know, extracting a little reward. Yeah. I deserve that. shame that all the cash was already gone by the time I found it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's right to reward good behavior, so oh, I'll wow. take care of that. Wow. I'll remove the burden from you from having to do that. Exactly. All told, the team lost a whopping 17,000 wallets around Boy, the world. Boy, that is whopping. Averaging all the countries together, there was a clear, it says here, if counterintuitive result. Fewer than half. I got to interject my pain in the hiney. Uh, you know, that's what I do. Uh, why'd they average all the countries? I'm most interested in the variation between them. But anyway. Fewer than half, 40% of the people bothered to contact the wallet's owner when it had no money. But a slim majority, 51%, did when they spotted the cash. For the wallets that had $94 inside, almost $100, 72% of the people tried to return them. Huh. So there is a little, there is some uh, belief apparently there that you think, well, it's 13 bucks. Anyway, who cares? Can you go over the contents of the wallet again? Although I don't know why I wouldn't take the time to at least email the person. Hey, I found your wallet. It takes me 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. What what was in the wallet again? Condom? Really? No. A shopping list, varying degrees of money, key, and a business card with uh, contact information. There you go. Uh, email address included in that. So I'm just... Okay, so... Well, if there's almost no money in there, there are no credit cards, there isn't a driver's license, there's... How much trouble am I going to go to return a $6 wallet? They might want the key. Yeah, I guess. I'd send an email. Yeah, I, oh, I would too, but I just, I, I'm, I can't condemn humanity for failing to, you know, interrupt their day to say, hey, I found your key. I'd take the key to a key expert first and make sure this wasn't some sort of, like, ancient chest key that I discovered. <laughs> well, right, yeah, yeah, some sort of wizard or something. <laughs> Why are people more likely to return the wallet when it contains more rather than less money? It's natural to think it's simply because people are altruistic and because they care about the owner of the wallet. The study author said, and who's an economist in Switzerland, at a press conference yesterday, that must have been some exciting press conference. Our results suggest it's a combination of altruism and what we call theft aversion. 
So aversion to feeling like a thief. Right. Yeah, if it gets over that. a certain amount of money, you feel like a thief. It's under a certain amount. You think, ah, 13 bucks. I ain't miss it. Right. They'd spend that in gas coming to meet me to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, could, I, I could see that. I, it would have to be about the key or 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 thinking the wallet might have been important to him because I'm not going to think anybody's like going to really, their lives are going to be changed much by losing $13. And a cheap-ass wallet. <laughs> I mean... I don't, this is Get an, an opaque, opaque wallet. This, <laughs> good heckle. I'm, I'm just, I'm a little flabbergasted by the construction of this experiment. I'm not sure how they decided to do it this know, way. If I'm going to spend a half a million dollars and have 13 people work for three years, I constructed it in a different way. Yeah, me too. Me too. As support for the theory, the team found that wallets without a key but containing money were reported less often than wallets with both money and a key. I get that. How many people carry a key in their wallet? I don't. I never have. The key, like... I carry a guitar pick in my wallet, but you can have that if you want it, really. The the key, likely to be more personally meaningful to the owner, might have motivated... What if it's the key to my heart? Might be... have been the key to my heart. Motivated by... one of my favorite uh, songs. By Sorry. more people to act selflessly, <laughs> selflessly because of the key. They thought, well, this is important to people. The researchers also conducted another experiment and asked a group of volunteers to imagine how they would react to keeping a lost wallet. Overall, the volunteers said it would have felt more like stealing if the wallets carried money than if they didn't. Sure. Well, yeah, I'm not a wallet thief, and uh, I don't know. What's the value well, of it? Well, my great-granny gave me this clear wallet on her deathbed. <laughs> it's really the only thing I have of her. She said, no matter what you do, hold on to this. Great grandson or great, I can't even remember my own ridiculous example. She said to me, never lose this wallet. And then she died. So here's the countries that where it's much more likely they'll return the wallet versus the ones that won't. And I've got that broken down. Do you want that now? Yes. Or do you want it when we come back? That's I, a good I'd tease. like to prepare a set of belligerent statements about the people of those countries. I'll tell you what, it's a good tease. Yeah, I'll hit you with that tease. and some other stuff uh, right back. What are right the most and least honest countries? There you go. That's pretty good. Thank you. Fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. Oh, thanks, Michael. Uncle Duplo. With the fabulous Dutch song, give back the key to my heart. Uh, what countries are the most honest, uh, uh, which aren't, in a second? Uh, Toy Story 4 comes out this weekend. Mm. My kids don't know it. I keep the, those things secret from them so we don't have to go opening weekend. I just texted them. Oh, dang it! I let them know. I shouldn't have gotten multiple smartphones. They each have an Android and an iPhone. Wow. That's some parenting. Um, I resent the Toy Story 4 because Toy Story 3 was plainly, clearly designed to be the final one. On the other hand, that was a work of fiction, too, and who am I to tell them they can't write another one and make a zillion dollars? Especially because um, the movies are uniformly terrific, and I hear the new one's good, too. Pixar, uh, best storytellers on the planet, in my opinion. They're pretty good. They're, uh, there's no war with Iran right now? Might have been. I believe Kierkegaard was the best. But <laughs> anyway. There might have been a war with Iran, uh, as we were. Um, we had a couple of different things we were going to blow up last night, and at the very last minute, well, the very last ten minutes, with ten minutes to go, Donald Trump changed his mind, and that's kind of the story of the day. Yep. He has not disputed that account. No, no, he's tweeted about it. So that's, that is, yeah, that sounded like one of those stories that the WAPO or the New York Times gets completely wrong. 
um, to me, but no, that seems to be the case. He thought better of it. Will history think better of him? Stay tuned. Well, that's pretty good. Well, you're on a roll with those. Thanks. Yes. You know, I don't know. So they did this. Uh, some days you got it. Some days you don't. They did this thorough study of would people return a lost wallet. 17,000 wallets lost in hundreds of cities around the world over three and a half years. 355 cities in 40 countries to try to figure out would people return it. And in different thorough. situations with different amounts of money and that sort of stuff. Uh, but going with the wallets that contained the equivalent of $13.45. But but that's a different amount in different countries. Well, I mean, you can yeah, it has everything to do with the cost of living. Oh, it's, okay, so that their, their graph has it wrong. Because it says in the text, 13 and $45 in the country's currency. No, 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 that's still the same thing. So Right, yeah. Because $13 is more in, in, in small towns in Mexico than it is in, in Manhattan, Tokyo. New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow, I can buy a beer at the hotel with this in Manhattan. You could, I've, I've stayed in a hotel room in, in Mexico in a small town that was $8 and eaten a meal for less than 5 So I could have wow. stayed in a hotel and eaten a meal for that amount of money. Wow. Yeah, this experiment was just bad. They spent a lot of money and a lot of time, and they did a bad job. They should have asked us. Should have thought it through. Anyway, <clears throat> which countries, um, the, the higher percentage uh, returned the wallets? Switzerland, I'll, I'll count down from the top. Switzerland, wait a second, it was Swiss researchers. Oh, man, self-serving? Never turn your back on a Swiss. A Swiss economist read, led the thing and constructed it in such a way that they would end up being number one. I think that's what happened. Yeah, brought to you by Swedish tourism. Switzerland, Norway, Netherlands. This doesn't surprise me, though, that they would have that results because they're a. Uh... Your Scandinavian countries in general? Right. Yeah. There's, we've talked about this many times over the years. There's all kinds of different things that they, they test very high in. And it's because so many of them speak the lang- same language, have the same religion, look exactly the same. Yes. Very they're homogenous. Sm- they're small countries that, uh, that, that feel more close knit. More homogenous leads it to more of this, no matter what people say about diversity. Uh, Switzerland, Norway, Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden are your wow. top five. Notable. I'd say. Then Poland, Czech Republic, New Zealand, Germany. Um, all of those until recent immigration trends have been what we were just talking about also. Now, you down, get down at the bottom. This is just a cultural thing, I think. China's at the very bottom. You would, China! Y- yes. You probably think the country's trying to screw you somehow. But. Well, not only that, but people who live under totalitarian regimes where the only way to get ahead is to game the system somehow are much more tolerant of graft and corruption and, and sure. crime. That's the only way you can survive in China is right. being part of uh, the corrupt society. Right. China, Morocco, Peru, Kazakhstan, Kenya, Malaysia. Those are your uh, your bottom five. goes up Indonesia, Ghana, Turkey. That's interesting. Those are completely different kinds of places than those at the top. So if you lose 13 bones and a key in Kazakhstan, you're probably not going to get it Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got another clue as to what prompted President Trump to call off that attack on Iran. Another clue. Nancy Pelosi tiptoes around the Biden controversy and new warnings about working 10-hour days coming up. Which which Biden controversy are we talking about? We're talking about the segregationist controversy, my no, friend. No, right. boy. Yes. You know, there it has been more that's come out that he worked with those guys on, like, segregation issues. 
school busing in particular. And he didn't like the school busing. Um, so, you know, granted, that was half a century ago, right. but you could say, yeah, he was of the same mind as them, and they joined together. All right, so we'll have the latest on that. He called Cory Booker last night, and they seemed to have a good conversation. Didn't apologize, he says, though. Didn't apologize. Armstrong and Getty. There was the biggest spider in our house last night. It was the biggest spider I've ever seen indoors. I've seen wow. a lot of big spiders in my life outdoors. Never seen a spider this big indoors. Mm. Just, all of a sudden, it was just crawling across the floor in the kitchen. I thought, how did this beast get in our house? You know it's a big spider. If you didn't see it at first, you heard it. <laughs> you would have been able to hear this one. It was really? large. Yeah. Click, 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 click. It looked Yikes. like a Tarantula, but it wasn't quite that big. But it was very large. And I, and like I spent the furry rest, like that? Then I spent the... Yeah, it was furry. Ooh, I spent the rest of the night thinking, is uh, that one of those going to crawl in my ear and legs while I'm sleeping or probably, something like that? Yeah, probably. Yep. Oh, yeah. Probably happened. Listen to this, would you? I want you to know that I very much appreciate your help during this week's committee meeting in attempting to bring my anti-busting legislation to a vote. Wrote Joe Biden in 1977 to the infamous James O. Eastland, who has been the uh, focus of the uh, the controversy of the things he said about getting together and working with segregationists in spite of their differences. I got his point, and it's a good point. He said it poorly, as he often does, but I got it. But here is him writing a note to a notorious segregationist saying, thanks for your help on my bill to outlaw busing kids to integrate schools. That's that's a hell of a lot bigger than his inexplicable boy reference. I'd like to hear his explanation. Was that him introducing a bill that he thought was, uh, you know, um, closer to what he wanted than what otherwise was going to end up going through or something? I don't know. I'd like to hear his explanation. Yeah, the Washington Post just describes him as he was against forced busing, um, which many people were. Sure. And, And I completely understand that stance, but... This is, you know, I hate to traffic in cliches, but if you're explaining, you're losing. I mean, that would take some really sophisticated explaining. We'll see if this story has legs. Let's get news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump confirming he did approve military strikes against Iran, but called them off at the last minute. Trump was tweeting today, quote, On Monday, they shot down an unmanned drone flying in international waters. We were cocked and loaded to retaliate last night on three different sites when I asked, how many will die? 150 people, sir, was the answer from a general. Ten minutes before the strike, I stopped it, not proportionate to shooting down an unmanned drone. I am in no hurry. Now there are reports coming out that a revolutionary uh, guard general is claiming there was a manned U.S. spy plane near the drone it shot down, but Iran chose not to target it. Well, that might be true, partly true, or completely untrue. Mm-hmm. Man, if it is true, though, you're playing a pretty dangerous game. There's even a plane in the area that you uh, that has a whole bunch of Americans on it. Mm-hmm. You make sure you got the right plane. Because you get the wrong plane, and we are definitely at war. Yep. Yeah, the U.S. military's uh, Central Command not immediately responding to a request for comment about that report. Now, you're talking about Joe Biden. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is stepping around the controversy involving the former vice president for his comments about being able to work with openly segregationist senators back in the day and get things done. Speaking at the Capitol, Pelosi said, 
and Joe Biden is authentic. Uh, he has lived his life. Uh, he, he considers certain things a resource that he has worked across the aisle. That's what he was saying. That's not what this election is about. Well, across the aisle, the fellow Democrats who, you know, were the party of slavery and Jim Crow and fighting civil rights for, you know, the 19th and 20th centuries. Um, and, you know, parties evolve, people evolve. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But, yeah, he was not working across the aisle. And, you know, my rationalization for Biden was that, look, the potholes have to get fixed. And these segregationists were in the Senate. So I worked with them on practical things. But if he was working with them on opposing desegregation methods, I'm not saying I'm personally offended. The politics of today, he's going to get murdered for that. I think. Supreme Court handing down a number of decisions, including one that will allow a World War I peace cross to remain on public land in Maryland. In a 7-2 ruling, the justices called the cross a symbol of sacrifice. While some opponents argued that the 40-foot cross violates the constitutional separation of church and state, justices said the cross did not represent a government endorsement of religion. I need to take a better look at this because there were multiple uh, judges writing decisions and, and concurring on one thing but disagreeing on another, and it was a fairly narrow ruling as usual, and so... Yeah, it's, it's difficult to figure out exactly what they were thinking. And they didn't take up the case of removing God from the money, which had made its way up to the Supreme Court. They they passed on that one. Those kind of things. Should have slipped with 20. <laughs> right. And, my friends, time to slow down. If you work long hours, new research shows you probably are setting yourself for a higher risk of a stroke or heart attack. Dr. Alex, Alexis Discartha who authored this study in the American Heart Association journal Stroke, says it found greater stroke risks in people who worked 10-hour days for at least 50 days a year. I'd love to, but I don't want to have a stroke. Seems like the sort of thing that, you know, be good to say to your boss. What's he going to say to that, or she? The good doctor noted that, ironically, health care providers are among the most guilty of working excessive hours. That's pretty interesting, given that a lot of people want to go to four 10-hour days so you get that other three-day weekend. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Does That's that a good count point. the same way? I wonder. Yeah, at what point does your timer reset? Yeah. The hours yeah. work per day or per week? Or right, yeah, yeah, good good question. Is there a sliding scale? I mean, if, if I had to work one 10-hour day, I just worked Monday from, you know, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., I think I could probably avoid having a stroke, but what, what do I know? What if your job is sitting in a comfortable chair talking about the news? <laughs> How many hours can I do that? You before? know, occasionally I'll stand up and talk about the news <laughs> as go. well. I think I could do it. <laughs> Setting yourself up for health risk, Joe. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It'd be one of those unintended consequences. Yes, yes we're a new company. We're going to offer all our employees the four-day work week, four ten-hour days. Oh, they're all dead. Well, and dang it. Those of you that survive <laughs> will enjoy a three-day weekend. That didn't work out the way we had hoped at all. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> those of you that remain, we will be reinstituting the five-day week. Here at Spacely Sprockets. We've been watching the Jetsons lately. My kids really like the Jetsons. Oh, really? Although they picked up right away that it looks like the same people who drew the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which it clearly is. Wow. It's the Flintstones in space. What are you trying to fool here? Um, Yet at the opposite end of the technological spectrum, 
Fascinating. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to more information. I don't know. Is there going to be more information that comes out on how Trump made his decision, or is it as simple as he puts it in his tweet? They told me how many people were going to die, and I thought, well, we didn't lose anybody. That's not proportional. So and not we going. can do it tomorrow if we want to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, it's that, maybe it's that simple. We'll see. And I have a feeling, again, although, that how did you events get will eclipse oh, this event pretty quickly. But. Although that was true an hour earlier and yesterday morning. I mean, how did we get within 10 minutes of the missiles hitting before he decided that? I wonder. I wonder. Sometimes you get clarity at crunch time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes you get cold feet at crunch time. I'm not um, uh, claiming that's what happened. But So you'd rather have Hillary be president. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Always bashing Trump. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, hey, listen, we ought to talk about the Navy SEAL, SEAL Ooh, trial yeah. and that just shocking, mind-blowing twist in the trial yesterday. The uh, It's like something out of a movie, this the, twist. The uh, gentleman who was accused of murdering an ISIS uh, prisoner. Yeah, it's like uh, something out of a completely unrealistic, that's not how trials work movie. Yeah. Stay tuned if you haven't heard this story. Days away from the official start of summer, which means yeah, which means kids are forced to take those summer jobs nobody else wants: pool cleaner, delivery boy, White House press secretary. You know. Hey, now today is the first day of summer. It's the longest day of the year, which means they start getting shorter. What I'm disappointed to hear. Twenty-five but. hours long. Yes, it's yeah. a twenty-five-hour day. <laughs> Reset my clock. So, um. A lot of folks have been intensely interested in the trial of Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher, who was accused of uh, stabbing an injured ISIS prisoner in the neck, leading to his death. And he's been uh, on trial, a court-martial um, military trial uh, for that alleged offense. And one of the prosecution witnesses was Special Operator First Class Corey Scott, who was a SEAL Team 7 medic. And during cross-examination, he shocked the courtroom by saying, yeah, I saw Gallagher stab the fighter, but uh, that didn't kill him. I killed him. I put my thumb over a breathing tube that had been inserted in his mouth. Did Chief Gallagher kill this terrorist? Gallagher's attorney asked him. No, Scott replied. And he was a prosecution witness. And so the courtroom uh, recessed briefly after everybody's jaw dropped and the prosecutors uh, more or less had heart attacks um, as he was a key witness. Um, and and they've announced that they're still going to try to get him for murder. But, uh, you know, I've had, had seen he, enough trials. Had, to he think been no li- had he been lying all along? I mean, how did he end up up there? He had certainly been omitting. And he was granted immunity. And so the prosecution, what they're trying to communicate to the jury now is, this guy got immunity, now he's trying to take the bullet, as it were, for his fellow Navy SEAL. What if which he, is a very Navy SEAL thing to do. So he's lying now. Especially if you feel like, look, we're in the, we're in, we're in the heat of battle, they've done this to my guys, I'm doing this to their guys. You right. people don't understand, I you get that whole Yeah, you Monday morning quarterbacks, um, uh, armchair warriors, right. At the same time, I get the idea we don't torture prisoners to death in wartime also. Um, or stab them in the neck. Uh, so does does the immunity cover him killing the dude? So that yeah. that guy's saying no, he's just pretending because he's got immunity, right? 
to save the other dude. But what if he actually killed the guy? Is he he still gets the immunity? It, you can't say, oh, we only meant you got immunity if you didn't kill the guy. <laughs> no. If you're helping us out in the trial. Immunity for any role he might have played in the death of this guy. Wow. Um, and what's interesting is I heard one person say it wasn't a stabbing. It was in it was like a tracheotomy. They were inserting a breathing tube. And um, I, I haven't heard that repeated, though. So I'm not uh, don't quote me on that. But the reason he killed him is. Yeah, I was just about to get to that because that's the crazy part. This medic says, look, we're supposed to turn him over to the Iraqi authorities where he'd be tortured and killed, which is almost certainly true. Oh, yeah. Absolutely That's not true. a stretch at all. No. And he said, uh, look, this is a young guy is a teenager. He said, I wasn't going to let that happen. So he's already injured, so I put my thumb over his breathing tube, and he died of that. And so, it, well. That uh, is a, a perfect example of the you-can't-handle-the-truth world that you get into in war. Yes. If that story is true and it's very believable, you can't handle the truth if you can't deal with that. Yeah, he killed this guy in a painless way to avoid him be to, to to save him from being tortured by the Iraqis who will do anything. It, it's you know it's another great example of one of those things that human beings do or understand that you can't put in writing and you can't say you approve of. Sure, for obvious reasons. You can't have every medic in the field deciding which prisoners live and die. It's not their job. And I, at the same time, I get it. I'm never going to share on the air the conversations I had with some uh, Green Berets a while back, some of the stories they told me, but they were they were rough, rough stories. And they end up in situations all the time where they got to make those kinds of choices. Yeah. Um, I mean, just brutal, you can't handle the truth, the reality of that part of the world choices. Yeah. That I don't even know how you survive it mentally. And a lot of them don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, or they do kind of. But it's just, it's just, it's a different world. I've been known to go crazy when juries engage in coulda, woulda, shoulda to the homeowner who wakes up in the middle of the night and sees a figure in their home. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, a burglar, a home invader, whatever, and the jury says, well, you could have retreated or whatever and ends up prosecuting him. I go, or convicting him. I go nuts when that happens. I just hate it. And the horrors of uh, war are absolutely, you know, in the same department and beyond. So we absolutely must have laws against war crimes. We must hold people to account. Um, Everybody knows that. Everybody agrees on that. At the same time, you've got to be so careful with with the coulda, woulda, shouldas. But I don't know what happened that day. Um... The the defense was also saying that this guy was a hard-ass, uh, Gallagher, chief petty officer, I believe. Um, he was a hard-ass. He was resented by his guys, and they framed him for this. They're not going to frag him. They're not going to kill him, but they decided, listen, let's, let's get this son of a gun by uh, pinning this death on him. Um, I'm not sure how great a... <laughs> A defense strategy, that is. Boy, that's but not they don't need it now. That's not what you want out of your elite forces, certainly. No. No, if it's true. And, and who knows? I mean, the defense attorney's job is just sow sure. seeds of reasonable doubt. Sure. They can claim it was a space alien if they want. And if uh, one juror... Actually, interestingly enough, if I am not uh, mistaken, it takes five of seven to convict in this uh, military court. 
Um, if that is incorrect, please do let us know at mailbag at com. But I heard that from a pretty good authority, and I think it's true, um, as opposed to u- the unanimity of uh, civilian courts. I think they want unanimity because there are so many morons who end up on juries um, that... Uh, uh, you, well, anyway, <laughs> if you've ever tried to get out of jury duty, I beg of you, I beg of you, go ahead and serve. I know someone who looks a lot like me, but it's not me, in case this is a problem. Uh, I know someone who missed their jury duty call-in thingy. What happens to that person? Uh, depends. They go to prison for a long time? Depends which prison you're put in. Exactly. No, it depends. It could well be if you had called every day, they if would have said, had called. You're, you're not, if, um, again, that man or woman in the United States or another country, um, if they had called each day like they were supposed to, they'd have been told, uh, we do not need you to report today, call again tomorrow. In which case, that person missed nothing. But if that person was going to end up having to go... Then have you committed a crime, or you get a fine, or yeah, there's a fine, I believe. I've had this happen to me. Um, You've done it. Yeah, up yeah. to a I year not, on Alcatraz. I will not work with someone who has done that. No, so I just called up and I said, "Hey, I'm an idiot. I'm bad at scheduling. I missed. I missed my week." Uh, and then uh, they just put you back in the queue, um, and so there's no penalty as long as you. I came forward and said, "Hey, I missed it." No, well, what, no, maybe I'll thing? suggest to that person that they should be proactive and. Come yeah. forward, I think if you, I don't know what happens if you just let it hang on the vine. I had suggested that person changing their name and getting a false mustache, but maybe that's not as necessary. Michael, can you go on Amazon and buy me a nightstick? A nightstick. I'm going to take care of this myself. All right. <laughs> the old wood shampoo. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen, and if you've heard these tales before, I'll give you a very short version. I've served on, I've been called several times, I've served on a couple of juries full to the verdict. And some of the jurors scared the hell out of me. I mean, if if you're a, a reasonably intelligent person, a person with some perspective, a person who can hear and weigh evidence, please serve. Please. Oh, Lord, the idea of the fates of some of these uh, uh, human beings. Maybe they're guilty. Maybe they're sort of guilty. Maybe they're entirely innocent. But the idea that morons who come in with preconceptions and you can't get them off those no matter what you do or say. Or grudges. Or grudges or just, and they try so hard to tease that out of people, but Irma Gerd, the illogic of it was just horrifying. Did, did we hear the term wood shampoo from somebody that was in security or law enforcement or I something? I believe that was a law enforcement officer. And I know it was somebody in some security thing that had mentioned in an email they were going to get in some stick work on some hippies. Oh, boy. That's, that's, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not that. to be chuckled well, at. It's, it's, it's an interesting phrase. It's an interesting phrase. Well, we all have... It was during a dust-up in which we and almost everybody was pretty critical of those particular hippies. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. WTO dust-up things where people are smashing windows of people who are trying to make their, their local coffee shop run. Right. Perhaps screaming at old folks in an intersection. Portlandia, right. I'm looking at you. Yeah, but th- th- there's the deal. We all have various people who we think ought to get a couple of licks. <laughs> That's, Jack, why we have a trial system. Exactly, because you don't want the individuals deciding that sort of thing. Exactly. No corporal punishment. Um, Corporal. 
<clears throat> so, anyway, turns out we had 59 minutes and 30 seconds worth of infotainment for you this hour. And I kind of look forward to, to taking in some cable news later in the day. Are there people calling uh, Trump a coward for backing off on any of the channels, whether the left channel or the right channel? I'm going to be drinking on a golf course. You go ahead. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Got menopause? We've got you. Hi, Jackie here, founder of ExoJackie. Feel supported throughout your menopause journey and beyond with our organic protein powders and symptom relief boosts. Formulated to keep bones and muscles strong, ExoJackie products help reduce bloating, hot flashes, and weight gain. Enjoy 20% off with promo code EXOPODCAST. Shop now at exojacqui.com. Made for women by women. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.